in the start. Are you ready? <laughs> ready. All right. In theory, we should be good. Okay. All right. So you're gonna shut that off, Neely. Welcome everybody. Minor difficulties. You know, it's our first time doing this stuff, so you know we appreciate everyone joining us. Um, all right. So we are the Being Humankind team. I'm Brian. Um, we have Mike with us and Neely, who, if you watch the first video, you'll see the three of us. And our behind-the-scenes expert, Mark, who does all our editing, which is horrible. <laughs> so he has graciously accepted taking that task for us, and we are very grateful. So we have him here for our kickoff party. So right now, our first video is already uploaded, and you can watch it on YouTube, except you're watching us. So there's that. Um, so let's get going. Neely? Yes. So we just want to talk about a little bit about why we're here, how we came up with the process. Um, so past year has been kind of challenging for all of us, obviously, in a lot of ways. Um, we've all been through this pandemic. Um, each of us have different stories to tell. Um, you know, somebody recently said to me, we're not in the same boat, but we're in the same storm and we have to navigate through this very differently. And so um, Brian, Mike and I kind of thought we wanted to um, work on a project. Well, I think Brian and Mike were thinking they wanted to work on a project and Brian and I were kind of um, tossing around ideas um, based on something that we saw where there was an individual who was asking these self-reflective questions to um, a group of individuals. And we thought, why don't we just do it in a different way? Because um, we wanted to really see, um, you know, how connected humans really can be, um, you know, regardless of race, gender, or political opinion, we wanted to help people self-reflect, look within themselves, think about what they've accomplished, what they're proud of in themselves, what they maybe still wish to accomplish, um, feel heard, um, you know, and since we're all genuinely passionate, curious people, we wanted to learn about people's stories and what brought them together, uh, where they are today. And, you know, through this process, we really hope you'll all be inspired by some of the same, same things that we are. So I don't know if you, either of you want to add to that. No, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you covered it pretty well. I mean, it, it's. I've always kind of been a fan of, of, learning people's stories and like meeting people and finding out the interesting things about them that nobody ever really asks them or nobody ever gives them a chance to talk about. And that's kind of what I, what I wanted to see here. And fortunately it was so much better than I could have expected. I mean, and I think we'll get into that a little later as to why that's important, but, uh, 
it's just so many of us sit there and watch all these celebrities on TV and, you know, get entertained by every outside source there is. And we don't realize this fount of like deep, meaningful connection that's right around us at all times that we just don't take advantage of. I would agree completely. Um, so obviously we had to get people that trusted us for the initial rollout of this. So we know all the people that we interviewed. However, most of the answers, I would say almost all of the answers that we got for questions were unexpected or they were expected, but then they went on a twist that just like threw you, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing as I've known some of the people, you know, almost my, well, my whole life, really, you know, not to the, the level I thought I did, I guess. So that, that's, what's fascinating is, is the power of people when you just ask the right questions, you know, we don't get that from the, the everyday, the everyday thing. So Mike, what do you think the viewers will expect from our project that we're working on? So the, in these first few episodes that we're going to release tonight, um, we're going to meet six people. Um, we're going to learn from Pam what her greatest accomplishment was so far. From Peter, we're going to learn how the events of the last year, past year has changed the way you value people. Uh, from Emma, we're going to learn the greatest lesson that she was taught that wasn't necessarily from a book or from another person. Uh, from Robert, we're going to learn what the most beautiful thing was about him. And Michael's going to tell us what he would need to conquer his biggest fear. And you're going to have to tell me what you uploaded for for Ryan. Uh, for Ryan, it was, if you could have lunch with anybody, past or present, who would it be? I love that one. <clears throat> So I think everybody should look forward to, um, as much as these are simple questions, I think they'll be very surprised that the, the depth of the answers and the profound nature of what just a few friends getting together and having a conversation, where that can lead them. Absolutely. I, I think we, we started out with, with the thought of, let's just do some interviews and we'd have, you know, 30 minute interviews that we would just post up the whole interview, but the questions got so deep and, and meaningful. Like we felt the only way to do them justice was to separate them completely and give them the honor of their own episode. So that way people can watch that and reflect upon what was said. And, and, you know, we're hoping that everyone kind of asked themselves the same questions. I mean, it's interesting because I think the questions change with age right? Yeah. The person you're going to have lunch with when you're 15 is not going to be the same one when you're 60, right? So it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. And some of the guests said that too. I think that exact line, the person I would have picked 20 years ago isn't the person I, I would pick now. And you'll have some of the questions answered in two minutes and some of the questions answered in 20. And that was a really fascinating aspect of it too so mark how about you i mean you've obviously watched them over and over again a bit and admittedly i've was at them <laughs> uh 
Um, so I can't say that I, I've watched them. All. I, I've watched parts of them again, but um, is what, 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 do you, what are your thoughts about the whole process and project that we're trying to do here? Well, I have to say, so it has actually been, you know, originally when I talked to Mike about doing some video editing, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, right? And that's, I know this isn't a Masonic, you know, uh, show, but that's how a lot of masonry is. You you say yes, and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Um, it has been absolutely fascinating to listen. You have to really listen deeply to what people are saying so that you know when to sort of make an edit, when to make a cut, when a logical transition happens. So um, I get this immense benefit of getting to hear the stuff before everyone else. And it's it feels like a gift to me to be able to hear this stuff. And so much of it has hit home with me in such a major way. And um, so that's that's been a delight. Like uh, the, the, the work that I'm doing is paid for a thousandfold by what I'm getting out of it. And I just hope that other people who listen to these interviews and you know what they remind me of. And I know that Mike and, and, and Brian, both of you have sat around my fire pit at some point. And my opinion is there's no world problem that can't be solved around a fire pit, right? It's like, that's, that's where people are open and honest and can talk. And it, it sort of reminds me of like a digital fire pit a little bit, right? It's like where, and I see Brian's fire going in the background there. So it reminds me of that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit like uh, everyone coming together in this weird time, right? This, you know, we're all on Zoom and we're all alone together, basically. Um, so um, I think the name of the, of, of the show, be, you know, being humankind is extremely apropos because there's so much humanity in the, um, in the interviews. And I, I just, I hope that the, uh, the listeners get a fraction of the joy out of it that I have. Well, we appreciate what you're doing, and we also appreciate you accepting that payment level. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's Very where much. I work. That's where I work the best. <laughs> All right, so we've kind of covered about who we've interviewed. So essentially, we started this. I would say right in the beginning of February, maybe the end of January. Um, and started recording and to date I believe we've recorded 12 people um, so. which doesn't sound like a lot but when you actually sit down and you know the average from an hour to almost I think we have one that almost hit two hours um, so it's a significant amount of time of great conversations and everything like that um, and we have quite a few lined up which we're not going to really reveal because that's how this works. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to find variations um, of all walks of life. So I think everybody has a story. You know, we've heard that a thousand times, but to actually see the story come out of the people is quite, quite enjoyable and rewarding. So, Neely, what answer has, so far has caught you off guard? Is there one that sticks out to you? 
You know, I don't think it's one answer, but I think that what really has caught me off guard is, you know, when you think you know a lot about, well, a little about a lot of things, I really know um, nothing. <laughs> I feel like what's, what this has really taught me is um, it's, there's a lot I don't know about a lot of things. I mean, I have so much more to learn and I, it's reintroduced me to kind of a part of myself that I, I just haven't tapped into in a while, which is just this, I used to just be so much more curious and, and that's what I love so much about doing this is I found that um, I'm looking up artists, authors, buying books, looking up quotes, trying meditations, reading blogs after the interviews. And I just feel much more enriched. I mean, um, one of the artists, uh, one of the, um, sorry, the guests that we interviewed, I, I bought, he, I was so inspired by one of the quotes that he um that he said during the interview that I went right out and bought the book that he quoted it from and did the whole ritual. And although anyone who's listening now will, I'm not going to say who it is, but um, the whole ritual of his, you know, what he does when he buys a new book. Um, I totally did it. And it was so inspiring the whole process. And I, it's just the whole, what's caught me off guard is um, just, how much more excited I am about things. And I didn't realize how much I'd gotten away from that. If that makes sense. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you can kind of go into the ritual about the book. I mean, that's kind of just a massive teaser. Okay. Totally. I will. Um, so the ritual about the book is this person talks about how, when they get a new book, buy a new book and it's something about, um, paperback books. And I, I mean, I will occasionally read a book on my iPad, but I still love, you can see my bookshelf behind me in my elongated room. Um, I love paperback. And so this person talks about when they buy a book, um, they, I can't, I'm going to probably botch it, but when they buy a book, they um, just sit with the book and think about their intentions for the book. And um, then kind of open the book to a page and find um, a quote or a word or a paragraph and think about what they're, um, something that's going on in their life or something that they're struggling with. And then they'll read a quote or a line and apply it to whatever they're, what they're dealing with or struggling with. And it completely, what, so when I did that, it completely applied to what I was thinking and, and struggling with and dealing with. So that was, That's I, awesome. I, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. So, so you're going to have to reach out to him and thank him. I absolutely am. <laughs> Mike, how about you? You know, I agree with everything Ailey said, but I got to say the first, the very first question that we ever took when we asked RJ um, what he needed to overcome his biggest fear and I, you know, I think for all of us, like it's the first question and there's probably 15 seconds or 20 seconds of silence after we, after he answered. And he lets us off the hook by explaining himself a little bit better. But I think that, you know, 
that the honest, the brutal honesty that came out right off the bat, like that just caught me off guard. Because I think we had all expected that people were going to be a little bit cagey and weren't really going to be honest with their with their feelings, um, knowing that they're going to be recorded. And and that's not what happened at all. I, I think everybody pretty much has been very, very open for the most part. And so that honesty probably is what really caught me off guard the most. Well, that's true. I mean, I think that, you know, that symbolic dollar bill you hang on your wall as your, your first customer, so to speak. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely flooring for him to just like completely open right out of the gate. Um, that definitely caught me off guard. I, I didn't expect that. And, and I, you know, I know him <laughs> and I've known him for a while, but just to ask that right question, I think, wow, what an impact. Cause I don't, we didn't get that. It, it's that particular day. If we didn't ask that particular question on that particular day, we wouldn't have got that answer. Mm. Maybe I don't think we would have, but it just, it happened to be like, it was just timing and everything. So it was just, and I think that shows the power of asking somebody a question, um, you know, where they can meaningfully answer and share something personal to them and maybe something they're struggling with and that you can have a conversation with it, with them and help maybe help them in a little bit of a way to get over it. Um, you know, how powerful something like that is that just asking a question and listening sometimes is just as powerful as anything that you could say or do. Yeah, I recall that we were all kind of stunned and, <laughs> you know, at a loss for words. Um, and that that's true. And I, I think a lot of the questions would vary from month to month with some of the people. Um, but it's it just it's fascinating how it comes out. And it's a safe place, if you will, right? Like, we're not here to judge you. We literally want you to just be honest and we're going to support you and you know, probably have follow-up questions, but some of the, I've been so inspired. Mark, is anything stick out to you at all? I have to tell you. So the, the video that I was working on trimming literally just before this um, zoom session, this, this uh, broadcast began, I was working on, and I'm not going to say who, but I was working on editing someone's inner, the last piece of someone's interview and it was astounding. Like it was, um, I, I had, I had a falling out with a friend, um, a very, very good friend of mine last year, as I'm sure many of you know, the last, you know, year has brought a lot of turmoil and I had a big falling out with a friend and listening to this interview and listening to what this interviewee had to say it was almost like divine intervention you know someone coming down and saying okay look here listen to this and i had i had just texted him before i started editing this piece and said you know we we got to get together and talk it's it's been too long and so you know that kind of kismet is really it makes you stop and think right <laughs> you know so it's like um, it, it came at the right time. So, um, it was the medicine I needed at the time. And I'm not going to say it was easy. And some of the topics that people are going to hear in the series, 
they're not easy, right? This isn't necessarily like a, uh, you know, feel good, you know, everyone's going to walk away with this with butterflies and stuff, but it is going to make you understand, you know, sort of there is humanity and that in this crazy time of, of sort of um, false dichotomy that we've been forced into, um, there's, there's so much more common ground than there is what's on the, what's on the extremes. And so I think that came to me as a surprise because it was almost an intervention in my own life to, to hear this stuff and to have this. It's not what I expected going in and just saying, yeah, I'll do some video editing. I'm glad to do that, <laughs> you know? So it turned out to be so much more than that. And that was a huge surprise to me. I think that's great. I mean, that, that's kind of the goal, right? Is for us to positive positively affect other people's lives through relations with other people's problems, right? So all great successes come from failure. So a lot of the, a lot of the questions you can see that, that arc where it's, I failed, but here's how I got out of it and got to here. And I, I think that that's, that's powerful in itself. And that's what people need to hear, you know, wow, that's happening to me right now, but this guy got out of it. I can get out of it. And and that's kind of, you know, that's great. If people can pull that from this, then that's, we did something, you know, and we get it, you know, it's a new project and, and we'll see how it works. And I don't think that there's any harm in what we're doing. You know, I don't, we don't really give advice. So that helps. <laughs> I've, I've learned that I've learned by um, doing these interviews that, you know, it, it almost seems as if there is a little bit of divine intervention on both ends sometimes, where in listening to the guests, they're at certain points, almost in each interview, it's like something is said that, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, that I almost need to hear. And it's almost like, like I think you were saying this, Brian, where it's almost like we've caught the guests on on a day where they need to talk about something, whatever the maybe at a certain point in each question. So it it is kind of I I agree with you there, Mark. It's like there's a little bit of that I feel like in each interview in some way. I mean, we literally had somebody talk about the difference between being a father and a dad on a day that he delivered his baby. So yeah, I think that divine inter intervention, you know, yeah. The most alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, is true. And that, I think that's a great story and we'll have to bring him back on and just tell the story as its own little episode. But <laughs> Mark, you were saying? I was just going to say there are no coincidences. That's very true. All right, Mike, is there an answer that you've most connected with? I mean, Mark kind of explained his, but is there one for you so far? I think, I mean, I'm having trouble like talking about this meaningful of a question without saying who the people were, or what, this, what the question was. I don't know how good to talk, how easy it is to talk around this stuff, but you know, when, when we had somebody talk about their dreams for 
an inclusive society for for people of all abilities. I mean, that thing that just that probably resonated with me the most, you know, and this like sharing this dream that's like I think it's one of the most beautiful dreams I've ever heard of. And it's totally selfless and and just I, I was floored by that. And, you know, the fact that I share a lot in common with that person um, doesn't doesn't hurt that. You know, I mean, I think it's a good example of why what Neely was saying about like hearing the things that you needed to hear, you know, uh, as you know, we're sitting here waiting for my daughter to transition now. Um, you know, as 18 years old, I mean, it was exactly the kind of things that I need to be thinking about and probably try not to think about. So I think that was it for me. Emma reached out on chat. So if any of the questions or answers are reflected to her she's okay with you sharing her name <laughs> neely you're on mute neely i'm muting uh actually what mike was talking about earlier is when um the guest that we had on that was that was talking about the difference between being a father and a dad because what he was talking about around that was about be, it being our, our duty as parents to encourage our children to be smarter than we are and, and how it, it's imperative to our evolution as a species. And I, I really loved how he, how he talked about that. There's so many really deep introspective things that he said. And you know, I look at it in my son who's 16, he's smarter than me, well, he thinks he is, but um, he may be actually more knowledgeable than me in things that mean will mean more or matter more to his generation. Um, but I, you know, you know, he talked about how, you know, his daughter, I, I forget exactly what it was, but he talked about how his daughter asked him a question and he was telling her that, you know, you need to be, it's your job to be smarter than me and learn more than me. Um, and she said to him, but you know so much. And, and he said, well, you're, you're, you're going to know more than me. You have to know more than me and how we do a disservice to our children if we don't do that. Um, and that just, that was, um, I really connected with that one a lot. And um, he, you know, he also said something about, um, it, it was about, it was an answer to the question of, you know, what was his greatest accomplishment? And he, and he was saying being a dad for him is, is, um, I think he said, Trent, taking the, taking all of the good things he learned as a child and transmitting them to the next generation. And I thought that I loved that. Uh, I thought that was a really great way to put it. It's incredible. It was a, it's very, very well said. That interview is not ready yet, though. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I, yeah, not yet. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. So we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's just throw this question straight out there. Neely, is, is there something that you have learned from doing this project? Um. 
I think that there are many more helpers out there than there are people willing to ask for help. I think um, one of the videos that's posted up there is, uh, well, there's a lot of the ones that are, that are, you are gonna see fairly quickly um, that the individuals that we interview are so much more, so much strong, more, more stronger, stronger than they think. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize it till they tell their stories out loud, um, you know, and people talk about, you know, gaining more wisdom and insight in, you know, with, with, as they get older um, and using their, their struggles as strengths and using them um, to help people, whether they turn those, um, whether they turn those into careers or just, you know, really into their love of helping people. Um, so it's just really taught me that people really care about others and are more empathetic than, than we think. Um, but people are a lot less likely to ask for help than there are our helpers. But there are people that, um, I mean, the, some of these individuals that some of our guests that, um, that you'll see shortly are just so caring and loving and such givers. And it just taught me that um, there are just so, so many more loving, caring people out there than um, I guess I had realized. And um, it makes me much more, um, I don't know what's, I'm at a loss for words, I guess. It makes me feel better about things, I guess. Mike, how about you? I think that I came away with um, what I learned from it is that there, you know, there are so many people with interesting stories to tell and that if we just shut off the TV and engage in meaningful conversation with the people next to us, that we're probably better for it, you know, because, because we're not listening to our other, to our own stories and we're not sharing with each other. We're not asking the questions that we wish people would ask us. And, you know, I think that just that need for dialogue. I mean, there's so many people, there's so many, even in, even in our popular culture or whatever, there's so much evidence of people talking at each other instead of to each other or with each other. And I think this showed me like very early on, I wanted to have conversations with my wife and my daughter and friends along the same lines and like get to know what they had to say. I mean, it wasn't just, it wasn't just about the show. I mean, it, I think it really kind of opened me up across the board, you know, and in, in other aspects of my life to, to use what we were learning here. I would agree with that in a, in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time together. You know, we've traveled across the country together a few times for various events. And nothing beats the conversation. Like, the events are always great, but it's the conversations you have while you're there that just, like, draw you back, right? Yeah. And that's that's a lost art. I mean, even, you know, with all the technology, we think it's so easy. Now we just send emojis to people and not even, like, have dialogue, you know, and there's so much opportunity out there to just sit down for an hour and have a conversation, 
you know, we sit here, we have our teas and waters and whatnot, and just have a conversation, ask some questions, you know, essentially all we're doing is ice breaking for people and letting them have the, tell a story. And I think that that's been tremendous. Um, and you couldn't script these stories, right? Like Hollywood would pay a million dollars for some of these stories. Like, and it's just, and they're there, they're everywhere. Like, and it's not, we didn't, I mean, we kind of handpicked people, but we didn't really handpick people. We handpicked people we knew that, that we enjoyed being around, but we didn't pick people because they were like, you know, some superstar or, you know, it, it just, we just picked people that we wanted to have a conversation with and, I think that's the important thing is that, you know, that, that, that's, that's really what we need to be doing more of. Absolutely. Mark, have you learned anything from us? <laughs> there's, there's been a lot. Um, I was, I've been trying to formulate my answer, but, you know, to kind of go back to what all of you have been saying is, you know, so like Mike was just saying, no, these people haven't been selected in the same way that like, say, MTV, the real world would pick people who have a marketable story, right? But th their stories as ordinary people are sort of, in some cases, beyond co comprehension, right? Like, so some of the pain that some of the people have gone through and the the obstacles they've had to overcome and their view on life are things that you could never capture in one of those sort of artificial settings, you know, like the real world or whatever, where everything is kind of scripted or conscripted and circumscribed. Um, so just that, that sort of basic human bond around a safe space brings out the best of people's abilities and people's intentions it also brings out the worst of their stories of their pain and i think that one of the things that we've lost in the past 200 years right is really that sort of intimacy of the community um, as things have been pushed more global and bigger and i know i've already said this once but you know one of the sort of unforeseen effects of the internet is that everyone in the world is now connected but that's not necessarily a great thing because if you, and I know that Dunbar's number is perhaps, you know, um, debated and, you know, it's like the number of sort of social connections that you can healthily maintain at a time. We've overwhelmed that with technology and we have old model bodies that we've evolved over, you know, you know, from the time of Homo erectus to Homo sapiens, we have a lot of, you know, wiring that's in here that's set for a certain social size and we've widened it with the internet and we've lost the ability to genuinely connect with people. And that's why I think this initiative is so important is because it puts a personal face on, on, on people and it helps us understand why it's important to have that, that personal connection with community and people who are near you. And, you know, we're not infinite beings. We're not infinitely social. We can't connect with everyone in the whole world. It's, it's not possible. It's just we're not built that way. And that's not a bad thing. But when we have our sort of, you know, we have our tribe of people who we get energy from and who we can interact with. And, you know, through, 
through connectors, through people who understand the larger social, um, you know, this is like Malcolm Gladwell, right, in the tipping point, the connectors, the people who connect different, you know, sort of tribes, you know, then we're able to establish the sort of larger, um, you know, uh, social network, I guess you could say, but it really does focus on the fact that at the end of the day, it's the people who are near and dear to us that we need to spend time with. We need to focus on. It's not that person who's yelling at you on Facebook, who you've never met and you don't know who they are. They're, they're on the other side of the, so what, you know, don't give them your energy because you're a finite resource as a human being. And so interacting in a genuine sort of sense with people who you care about is infinitely more valuable than having an argument that you'll never win on Facebook. That's actually only one of the things that I've taken away with, but I feel like I just talked for two months, <laughs> so I'll cut it off there. <laughs> All right, let's see. What else do we have on the list of questions for the evening? So where are we going from here? So we've kind of broadened the thought process of not just doing the same questions, because obviously I think people are going to pick up on it and have time to think about it. So you, we won't be able to deliver that raw thought process, which I think is important in showing the honesty of the, the program. So, Yes, we are adding questions, um, but we're also going to branch out and talk about other things. Uh, we've discussed uh, movies, discussing how movies impact and how they carry their symbolism, stuff like that, which I think would be pretty interesting. Uh, what are some of the other things we thought about? Talk about groups ish. We talked about that. We talked about going out into the world when COVID is a little, is died down. Yep. And doing interviews, random. Trying to find people that we don't know at all, which would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, Mike had mentioned, uh, I think, uh, books. He, he kind of sprang a question out of the blue, which was, you know, which book or movie or song or whatever do you most identify with, right? Um. And I, I think that, you know, any of the arts, I think that people identify with songs and movies and TV shows and books and magazines and comic books and things like that. I think that can be an interesting jumping off point for conversation. Let's try it out. Mark, what, what book, comic book, piece of literature has impacted your life? Well, you know, it's, it's, so I'm going to just be completely honest and admit that I'm a complete dork. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a geek. I'm sure that you didn't pick up on that before now. You like editing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, comp sci guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no way is he a dork. Um, but, uh, you know, one of my favorite characters in sort of the comic book universe is Dr. Strange. So maybe you've seen, he wasn't really a very popular character until the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of brought him in. 
with his feature film and you know he played a key role in the in the avengers and stuff but the thing that i like about him and the thing that is meaningful to me is he was a person who was completely obsessed with the physical world and with material and with his own ego and through a series of you know painful losses he learned to be a steward of you know humanity but of also the universe and i think that that is a microcosm sort of the macrocosm of what it means to to be a soul on a journey right so to go from that completely inward focus of thinking about self and always worrying about what other people are thinking about you um, to how, how to become a steward, how to help others and how to kind of look at the big picture. And I will say that I heard some of that echoed in one of our, one of the interviewees. Um, I, I think that's possibly a common thread. And I think as Neely said, like helpers, right. That, that, that sort of, um, class of people who who feel that 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 compulsion so yeah i'd say dr strange you know i've been reading the comics for a long time and really liked them and um when the movies came out there there's uh there's actually a lot of interesting if you happen to be into masonry there's a lot of interesting masonic symbolism in the doctor strange movie and in some of the things that he does but i also think there's a lot of just practical life lessons in that movie that are embodied so that's my long-winded answer mike do you have a question for mark What's the most meaningful silence that you've ever experienced? You know, that one's, that one's really, it's, it's really hard to talk about. Um, but what I'll say is it, it was when, so my mother passed away when I was 23 and she'd had, you know, a heart attack and she'd had some complications from that. And as she, I, I, I had been away. So one of the, one of the other interviewees who I identify with, who had been in a band and done a lot of band stuff. I was in a band. I was away when all this happened and I got the, I got the phone call um, in the hotel room and had to come home and being in that room with my mother and trying to figure out, you know, they're saying that there's no brain activity and, understanding that this might be the end and trying to understand if this was, you know, do I, do I, do I ask them to pull the plug? What do I do? And just being in that sort of silent intercession between my soul and her soul and trying to figure out what to do is probably the most meaningful silence I've, I've ever been through. Um, it was very difficult and, um, you know, you always hope that you did the right thing. And um, I, I, I find myself in that place a lot of times when I meditate, um, when I'm trying to be mindful and I think about that and I think about where she is now. So I'm sorry, that's that's kind of a not not a really shiny, you know, apple to give to you guys, but it, it is the most meaningful silence I've experienced. Well, I think it's perfect. I mean, it's but thank you for that because it's that it's that honesty that we were talking about that comes through 
just by asking a question like that. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can still see, you know, you can still see the pain in your face and, you know, that's, that, that's part of that, that Dr. Strange journey, right? Like it, it's horrible. You know, I lost my father and it still kills me. Right. But this is, this is the way, so to speak. Right. You know, your, your parents are going to die before you. Well, yes. If we follow the path then there's no way around it, you know, and you can't prepare for it, you know, unless you're going through a long struggle with, with like a sickness but for the most part, it's just, it just, it is what it is. It, it's, it's part of life, but it's, it's unteachable. I think it has to be experienced and, you know, so I, I, appreciate, right. I appreciate your answer a lot. Thank you. Yeah. We'd, we'd rather you, you know, speak from the heart and I mean, you've been watching our, our, videos and definitely want you to speak from the heart and it, I'm really sorry that you had experienced that. Well, I think it's, it's part of this series, right? Is that everyone goes through heartbreak. And I think that the, the hopeful part of it is the heartbreak isn't the end, right? The heartbreak is part of the path. It's heartbreak hill, right? On the Boston marathon. It's the thing you overcome and then you push past it and then there's something glorious at the end. So at least that's what I like to think. So Neely, do you have a, a question for Mark? What do you feel like is the most beautiful thing about you? You know, it's so funny because as I've been listening to all of these interviews and I've heard that question repeatedly, it's, it's the question that I dread the most. <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing for me to answer. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that it's something that's intrinsic to me, but it's something that I think my mom gave me, which is just the ability to accept and to give love on the terms of another. And what I mean by that is not everyone understands love in the same way. Right. Um, so what someone may do for me, you know, it might be hard to interpret as love, but it's it's them coming to you from where they are. And, you know, I had an uncle that passed away recently and he, he you know, he was he was a really difficult guy um, to say that he ever showed love would be an extreme over, you know, exaggeration. He was never able to really emote. He was never really able to show love in sort of a traditional fashion. But he did it in little ways that were the only way, it was the only language he understood. And so I feel like I've, I've understood a little bit of that through my life of being able to understand how to accept love, certainly, from another person's standpoint. And it might not always look like love. It might look like grumpiness. It might look like grouchiness. It might look like, you know, any number of things. Um, you know, the thing that I'm trying to understand is how to turn that into how to give love on the other person's 
sort of terms. And that's much harder. It's much harder to do it that way than it is to, to bring it in. Um, so that's, that's part of my path in life, I think, is to learn how to, how to give love where people ex- expect it. Um, but being able to accept it, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily look at that as myself as that being a beautiful thing. But when I look at my mother and I see how she did it, it was beautiful when she did it. So perhaps someone else could look at it in me that way, if that makes sense. So you're saying like, you'll look at somebody else and if they're kind of their version of the way that they give love, you're able to see that in them. And if they might, it might not be all like, you know, happiness and butterflies. It might look different than how others may view it. And you're able to see that and accept it in them. Yeah. You know, I mean, for example, I've, I've got lots of friends who, um, you know, maybe they're not neurotypical, let's just say. And the way they express affection might seem really weird to someone who's not listening for it. Um, But I can look at it and understand it and see where they're coming from and understand that that's the best that they can do from where they are. That's how they emote and to understand it and accept it and to value it as much as I would someone, you know, who's effervescent and, you know, sort of overflowing with emotion, which actually I would have a hard time with just because how I'm wired, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think all of us, all of us have love and it manifests in different ways and learning how to see that in different people is an important life lesson. That's interesting. Emma wrote in the chat and she thinks that it's great. Uh, let's see here. She said, great answer, Mark, to your Dr. Strange answer. Uh, perfect, Mark. We must always understand that others are on their own journey and may not communicate as well as we might expect. Which is yeah. true. Um, I mean, even though we're all on this planet, all, all, all of us who are on this planet at the same time in this sort of meat suit right now, we're all here at the same time. It doesn't mean we're on the same place in the path. And it doesn't mean that this isn't the first time we've trod it. Right. So you can never assume that people are in the same wavelength to accept or to understand what you have or the other way around. So that's, that's a big part of life is learning to match those, those wavelengths. I think, I think we've actually seen it a few times where we've caught people, one person in particular sticks in my head where he got bad news that day and you could see it in his answers. <laughs> right. It was, it was, it was interesting how that worked. Now, if we had done it the day before and he didn't have that news yet, then, you know, I think the answers would have shifted tremendously. Um, so that, that is, it's interesting. Yeah, that's part of humanity is to be with people with where they are, right? Yeah. 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 All right, we got about seven minutes left. How about we start our final thoughts? Mark, what are your final thoughts as far as this project, where we're going, where you want us to see us go, and 
anything else you feel like saying? Yeah, my final thoughts are it's it's really exciting to kind of be behind the scenes and to to get to work on this and to to hear it. You know, it's it, like I said earlier, it feels really special to get to see it before anyone else. But um, you know, it it's it's time consuming. There's there's a lot of effort that goes into it and. It's funny because one of the guys who is on my team at work, he's a videographer. And up until now, I hadn't had a ton of experience doing a lot of editing. I've done it on and off for, for different sort of, um, you know, um, you know, hobby stuff. And, but now I have a, a really great sense of kind of what he goes through. But um, I think that it's a great platform. I think that it's a great way to get a great message out. Um, and I just genuinely want it to grow. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's the medicine that the world needs right now. So, um, even though it's a lot of work, I think it's really worth the while. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm still stuck on the fact of, you know, we said a couple of times, ordinary people, and I don't, I want to clarify that we say that because they're graphic designers or, you know, data scientists or um, meditation teachers or, you know, um, police officers, you know, there's, there's people from all different kinds of walks of life, you know, that would normally be considered ordinary people. But I think that what we've seen again and again is that they have extraordinary stories and they're, they're really extraordinary people. Um, and I kind of wanted to end by clarifying that, you know, and, and I, and I know it sounds like hyperbole, but it's not like, I think as people watch these videos, I think, you know, they're going to be just as, just as struck by, as we were, um, by the deep, meaningful connections they make with all of these people, um, whether they tend to, whether they would tend to agree with them based on their personal backgrounds or political leanings or where they grew up. I mean, I think that all of that kind of falls away with this and you find yourself really just connecting with people on a very human level. Great. Neely. I just think um, so far it's been a really eye-opening experience in a lot of ways. I've, I've learned so much and I'm really looking forward to learning more. Um, every time we sit down and talk to somebody, it's mind-blowing the things that we get to hear and also mind-blowing the common threads that go through each, um, each story and how resilient people are and um, I'm just really looking forward to see where everything goes. And I, I really enjoy working with you guys and I'm just really happy that we're all doing this together, that we're all a part of it. And, um, I'm just excited to see what else we can do. So Brian. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been really fun. I, I think it's a lot of it is, is just having the conversations that I can't have because we're confined, so to speak. 
Um, but it's letting me look deeper into myself is really, I, th I think where we're at. Um, so it's interesting, right? Because we ask questions, but there's no wrong answer, right? I mean, we don't lead any of the questions. We try really hard not to. Um, I don't. I, don't, I think we've been pretty good with it. You know, I've brought some people on thinking that they're going to talk about X, and they just go right to Y, and that's great, and that's that's what it is because it's the, it's their story. It's not us to direct. We just ask questions that we think are going to bring out their answers that they want to let the world know. So it's been fun for us. So hopefully it's uh, coming out to be meaningful and enjoyable for everyone else. And um, we're still going to work on our release schedule on when we're going to be doing it. But I would assume at least twice a week. I think we can maintain that speed with Supermark as our editor and uh, he's picking up the pace. So we should be pretty good. Um, if anyone has any questions or thoughts or ideas that they think would work well with us, you can reach out to any one of us. Um, we have the email or the Facebook page. So, well, hopefully if 3 a.m. hits and you're finding this video for the first time, you enjoy it. And with that, we will all say good night. Good night. Good night, all. Good night, all. Thanks for being on the journey.